Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Welcome to our Christmas service. It's an early Christmas service just because Christmas falls on a Saturday and it's weird to do a Christmas service after Christmas. And so we always do this Sunday before Christmas as our Christmas service. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Next Sunday as we come together, it will be actually our year-end service as well because we're not going to be able to see each other over New Year's. Um, especially with the, the new mandates that are out there. They've canceled all. I know there's so many so many things, but together we are going to... to to overcome this, and it's going to be a, it's going to be good on the other side, right? Amen. Well, today as we come into our Christmas week for this big celebration, because it marks the coming of an era, and that era is the era of peace. Over the past two years, I know that through the pandemic and what we're seeing in the world. Our society, our culture beginning to turn. It's been a rough couple of years. Many of us have struggled with all that is new. Some of us question all the things that are new. Some of us are embracing what is new. And a lot of us are holding on to some of the traditions that we've always had. It can feel that we live in a very divided culture. And how will we ever come back together again? These past few years have not really showcased peace. However, there is a Christmas story that points to one person that can solve it all. A couple of weeks ago, I read from Isaiah 9, and it spoke to how Israel is living in a dark time. It feels very similar to ours right now. And this morning, as Al read through the Advent verses, he read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it says this, It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You see, there are two things that I want to point out here. The first is that the government will be on his shoulders. And secondly, that he will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The story of Christmas is about this son that is born, the son that is given. What was written 700 years before the story that is known as the Christmas story is about God entering into our lives and coming into the places of darkness and sin and suffering and division and despair. So today we're going to revisit that story. But before we go into it, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that as a church that we get to come before you and we get to celebrate this day. So Father God, we just pray that as we come, may your Holy Spirit come and speak to us through your Christmas story to bring us a reminder of who you are, remind us of what you've done and remind us that you are bigger and greater than all things that we're dealing with right now. So, Father God, as we sit here and look towards Christmas, Lord, may we look towards you. May we turn our faces towards you and may we see you. Lord, may you reveal yourself to us today. For all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, for those that have been part of the church and know the Bible well, 
the story of Christmas is actually found over two different Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. And today we're actually going to be looking at both of those books because I'm going to be pulling the pieces together to actually form this story that we actually all are familiar with. But as we go through this story, I want to highlight some of the things that are going to come out of these stories. So if you have your Bibles with you today, I encourage you to actually have your Bibles out today. If you don't have a Bible, have your hands up. We'll get our ushers to bring you Bibles. Those Bibles are there for you to keep and to take home. If you don't have a Bible, please come and grab one. We want to give you a Bible to take home today. But as we go through this story and as we sat here this morning and we sat here watching Brittany and Abel and and Chance and Denise get baptized in their powerful testimonies. For me, Chance's testimony was so simple, yet it was so profound. I just want to live with Jesus every day. That's it. And in that simplicity, there's so much truth behind that. There's so much truth in the sense that That is how we are to be as Christians. We just want to live with Jesus every day. And so if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me. First, we're going to look in Luke. All of this is going to be in Luke chapter 1 and 2 and Matthew chapters 1 and 2. They're going to jump around a little bit, but it's pretty easy to follow. The story begins with Mary and Joseph, who are betrothed. That just means that they're engaged to be married. And the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says this. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Then Gabriel goes on to say, he says, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary responds with, how will this be since I am a virgin? You see, Mary is faced with what seems to be an impossible task. And many of us relate over these past two years in what was placed in front of us seems like a giant shadow. It feels far too big and far too great for us to even face. But the angel replies to Mary and says, this. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and be called Holy, the Son of God. Mary is told that the Holy Spirit will be, will, will be here with you to do all of this with you. You're not alone. You will be given the power or the grace or the ability to do this, not by yourself. What Mary was told and what Mary was given was peace. It was peace to do it. But what Mary also understood is that God is in control. And that she has to put her trust in who God is. And that even though she may not fully understand or fully able to grasp what this is, she knows that God is bigger than all of this. What peace brings to our lives is peace brings the sovereignty of God over our lives. What peace brings is he brings to our understanding that God is in control of everything that we do. That he rules as king over our lives. 
Now, as we continue with the story, now Joseph is not at peace. Joseph struggled to accept this. And you may be in a similar position where you're asking yourself, how in the world am I supposed to move forward in the circumstances that I'm in right now? Joseph was in the same place. Joseph knew that with Mary being pregnant, that he was going to be exposed. He was going to be humiliated because Mary was impregnated by another man. So Joseph secretly tries to divorce Mary, not to humiliate her, because Joseph is better than that. But he, in this sense, doesn't see another way forward. So Gabriel also comes to Joseph. And we find this in Matthew, and he says this, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This is what Joseph needed. Joseph needed to know that God is with me. In this moment where Joseph doesn't see another way out, where Joseph sees that In my culture, in the Jewish culture right now, as I am betrothed to marry this woman, she is pregnant. This is a mark of humiliation. There's no way out. I'm toast. My reputation is done. Everything is screwed up for me right now. But what Gabriel said to him is that you will name him Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. When Jesus comes into this world, it means that God is now with you. That's what that means. And that's exactly what Joseph needed. Joseph needed to know that Jesus is with me, that Jesus is, that God is going to do this for me and God is going to take me through this. That no matter what I'm facing right now, no matter how dire the situation is, no matter how dark My situation looks that God is with me. And so peace came into Joseph. So the two of them come back together. They're like, okay, we're going to do this. We know that God is going to to reign sovereign in our lives. We know that this is the son of God. Even if nobody believes us, we know that this is God's plan for us. Right? I mean, this story has to be one of the biggest cover story or it has to be the biggest miracle story ever. But Mary and Joseph had to carry this story. They had to carry this this message alone in that sense where nobody else understood what was going on besides the two of them. But the two of them were able to walk it out because they had the peace of God that that has come upon them. And what, what does peace bring? Peace brings sovereignty. And so they knew that God's sovereignty is going to be over our lives. So no matter how people see us, no matter how people look at us, no matter what, what is going to come against us, we know that we have a king that is going to be over our lives. As we continue in the story, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should, take, should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time had come for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of Jews? We saw the star when it rose and have come to worship him. So here we have a king who is ruling Judea. His name is Herod. He's ruling under the, the Roman Empire. He's not actually ruling. He's not the top guy. He actually only gets Judea. He only gets assigned Judea. He's only king of Judea. He's not king of the Roman Empire. Right now the Roman Empire is ruling. And Herod is in a place where when he heard this, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people, the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So Herod goes on and he calls the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And we find out later that this is not the intention of Herod. That this coming king that the prophecy spoke about is threatening Herod. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they, they returned to their country by another route. These are the events that surround the birth that brings peace into the place of uncertainty and places of darkness. In this story, we see that there are three types of people here. First, the believers. Those that know who God is. Those that have a relationship with God. Mary and Joseph. Their lives were going to be changed drastically. Things didn't go as planned. They were not married yet, and yet there is this pregnancy that changes all of their plans. But not only that they are put in a position of cultural humiliation and mockery, the uncertainty that they face could have completely made them lose their faith. It could have completely caused them to doubt, bring confusion, or insecurities of their, in their minds of who God is. But instead, God spoke peace into their dark places. And when this peace came, they were able to put that trust in him. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in a place where you need to put your trust back into who God is. 
Maybe you're in a place where you have to give God control and authority in your life to reestablish the covenant that was made. The second are those that are seeking. They're like the Magi's from the east that came because they heard of a prophecy of king that will be born. They're searching for something and they're longing for, for something and they followed the star and they found this child that they knew that this is going to be the child that's going to bring peace into this world. When they saw the child, what did they do? They worship and they gave. And Isaiah says the government will be on his shoulder. What this means is that Jesus will come to rule and that when he rules, this is greater than any current mandates, any current countries, any current empires or world powers. That the government on, is his lordship over all the earth. But what that brings, it also brings a wonderful counselor. It also brings a wonderful counselor that will speak truth back into your life. It brings a mighty God who could bring order back into chaos. It brings an eternal father and the prince of peace where the peace of God will reign, which means that mercy will come, forgiveness will come, rebellion will cease, reconciliation will happen. This is both a present thing and a future thing. As God's people, as his children says, it says glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men whom he is pleased. This is what God offers through his son Jesus. This is what the Christmas story brings. That God's peace and God's rule and God's reign is here. If you're here and you're looking and seeking for this today, this is a gift that God is giving you. And the third we have here is with King Herod. Those that hear but refuse. King Herod felt threatened by this news. He was so threatened that when the Magi's didn't return, he sent out a decree to have all the firstborn sons under the age of two to be killed. There are those who, of us who hear but fear that we will lose control of our own lives. That if we come into this thing and say, we're going to give our lives to Jesus, that we completely lose our ability to do what we want to do and live the way that we want to. That if we give over to Jesus, we can no longer do as we please. And this isn't the case. You see, God is already sovereign, whether you allow him to be sovereign or not. God is the creator of all things and therefore he is in Therefore, in all things, he is in control. But what he offers you isn't just his, his rules in your life. What he's offering is redemption, love, and grace. Within the sovereignty of God, what happens to you is that when you choose him, he brings a new rule into your life. There's no limit to God's rule. This is part of what it means to be God. He's sovereign over the world and that everything that happens in it, he's never helpless, never frustrated, never at lost. And in Christ, God's awesome sovereign providence is a place that we will feel most reverent, most secure, and most free.
with Herod, he chose to reject this. And Isaiah says, for to us a son is born and to us a son is given. When Jesus entered into the world, this was God's love poured out into the world so that he can save humanity from the the depravity of ourselves. It was to give humanity a chance in redemption and to reconcile our sins and to make things right. This was God's invitation for us to step back into right relationship with God and his sovereignty means that we are within his grace and within his love and in that we get to experience his peace. Is this for you today? Today you heard four testimonies from Denise, Chance, Abel, and Brittany. They have made it public through baptism and that Jesus is their sovereign king and their savior and their Lord. And today is an opportunity for you to be able to say that same thing. What is holding you back? Is it because you, you're afraid to let go of control? Is it because you're afraid of what that means in your life when you, be, when, when you, when you see Jesus? Maybe it's, it's not the belief of Jesus, but maybe it is the covenant of Jesus that you, ha- that, that you have once made with him. That you're saying, I chose to live a certain way and now I just actually want to come back to him. Where are you in your relationship with Jesus today? Is Jesus bringing peace into your life? Is Jesus bringing that sense of I know that this God is a God that rules and reigns in my life. And when I allow him to rule and reign in my my life, that his love pours out and that I live in the freedom of that love, that the sovereignty of God gives freedom to us. Sometimes we don't think that. We think that when we give over to the sovereignty of God, now we have to do his bidding. Now we have to do his work. Now we have to listen and do everything that he calls us to do. But the sovereignty of God actually allows us to live in freedom because we are no longer bound by sin. What hinders us is sin, not God's sovereignty. What binds us is sin. And the Christmas story brings us a gift of Jesus Christ to release us from that place. So this is the Christmas story. This is what we want to remind ourselves of in this season, that as we celebrate Christmas together, that we remember the peace of God that comes, that that hope that is in him, that faith that we're able to put into him. This is what Christmas is about. It's about his love pouring down into our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. for all that you're doing. But Lord, we just ask that today, as we sit here, as, as we, we, we contemplate, and as we hear the story of Jesus Christ coming into the world, Lord, that you remind us that you are king, that you are sovereign, and that you have all of this in your hands. So Father God, we just pray Lord, that as we come before you, that your peace comes into our heart and into our spirit so that we're able to come before you and bow down before you 
as the Prince of Peace. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there are two Jesuses that are roaming the land. One is a cultural Jesus, and one is a biblical Jesus. We just heard from Pastor John this morning about the biblical Jesus, the real Jesus. And the fight of Christmas is to distinguish between cultural Jesus and Bible Jesus. One is impotent, and the other one is omnipotent. And so as we have opportunity, point people away from the cultural Jesus, the Santa Claus in the sky, and point them to the real Jesus. And share your Christmas story, how the Lord has touched you, because that will pierce the shield and the fog of cultural Jesus and cause him to come into a true encounter with who he is. Father, we do adore you. We come before you. We thank you, God, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you came as a babe in a humble manger, Lord, to set us free. We thank you for the power of freedom that was released through this little babe. Lord, let it grow stronger and stronger in our hearts, God, in these days, because we need it more than ever. So we give you great glory. We join with the angels. Lord, as they sang in just gusto and adoration, we bless you now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen.